0: Welcome to Disarming Persuasion, the podcast for sales and business leadership professionals. My name is Dave Rosenberg, and I am the founder and principal at Locked On Leadership, a consulting firm with a mission to replace thank God it's Friday with thank God it's Monday. With me is my co host, a man who can literally teach sales with one hand tied behind his back, Darren Cecil. Darren, what are we going to discuss today? Whiff them, Dave. Sweet and miss. strike three.
1: Exactly. That's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it is it's an acronym for what's in it for me. Well, what is in it for me? It's a great question. That's what we want to talk about today. Are you Costello or Abbott? Who's on first? Exactly. I don't know. Third base. Exactly. There right, you
0: go. So, so, most of our listeners right now have no clue what we're talking
1: about. None. They can Google it.
0: Yes. One of the funniest comedy routines in the history of comedy. So, just Google uh, Abbott Costello, who's on first. And if you're not crying at the end of this, unsubscribe.
1: Subscribe. No, I don't think that. I think that's probably going a little bit too far but certainly they'll get our humor perhaps a little bit more if they do watch it and listen to it. Absolutely.
0: All right. So with them, W-I-I-F-M, everybody's favorite radio station.
1: Yes. What's in it for me, Dave? And when we're looking at selling, we're looking at persuading, we're looking at leading. I think that's something really important to think about.
0: So really what you're talking about is why should our listeners care about this, right? So, and, and that's actually it, right? That Mm -hmm. is with them. This is not about you and me talking and and, uh, pretending that we actually have a clue what we're doing and look, I'm me, I'm the greatest, right? Why should our listeners care? And, And that is with them. If you're asking yourself that question, that's a good thing.
1: Absolutely. And a lot of times in sales, and you have a long career in sales and in leadership, a lot of times the salesperson comes from the approach is let me tell you all about me and not thinking about our customer, our prospect, or our client.
0: I mean, in fact, and part of it is some, and we're talking old school sales training. I think a lot has changed over uh, the last um, 44, not 44 decades. You know, I I started, well, if you don't count selling, you know, candy bars and, and things for for mm-hmm. uh, to the scouts or, or band or whatever. But actually professionally selling for a business, I started my, I had my first sales job at 21. Mm-hmm. Um, and back then they would talk to us all the time about, tell people about the features and benefits. That's right. So what's that typically sound like?
1: Oh boy. Let's see. Well, I've had a client and they're a a box company and the thing that they led with, we have clean trucks.
0: Now to our listeners out there, if you thought to yourself, the first time I heard this, this is what I thought to myself. And if, if you're like me, you probably thought the same thing, which is who cares? Exactly. What the heck do I care about a clean truck? Right. So that's an example of feature. It's not even benefit, right? That's a feature sale.
1: That's right. You know, features, if you ever go looking to for a car, they always talk about the features of the car. It has this, it has this, it has this. And by the way, it also is this. And the reason why I say this, this, and this, because we've probably have already done our research. We know what it has. And if not, we don't really care. We think about other things about the car.
0: Right. So what what sales, but bad salespeople will do, and we're going to tie this into leadership because there is a exact mirror here in leadership. Mm-hmm. But what bad salespeople will do is come in and start talking about what's in it for them. Right. Right. I remember when I was uh, running the moving company, uh, when, I, when I first got there, uh, the our, our move, what we called move coordinators, which was what we called our inside salespeople, because right, it wasn't about selling you a move; it was about coordinating your move. And our move coordinators would answer all the calls, so they they were the first person you contact with. And without my asking them, when I started there, they would screen my calls for me, and I would tell them, "Stop! Don't do that. Just announce the call for me, because mm-hmm. you know, I, I need to make sure it's time for me to take it." But don't worry about, you know, what's this is about? What's this is regarding mm-hmm. to? And the reason was I wanted to take every single sales call. Right. And the, and the reason I wanted to take every single sales call is I was always looking for good salespeople. And mm-hmm. so it was an audition. Mm-hmm. I would say no exaggeration, minimum a nine out of 10, but probably more like 19 out of 20 would, would say something like. Hi, this is so-and-so with this company. And, you know, we are the best at this, this, mm-hmm. this, and this. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And it's funny. I like taking sales calls because I got potential clients because they were auditioning right before my very ears because they would talk about things and, I, and they would talk about features and benefits. We've been around forever. We have, we're better than sliced bread. We have actually part of the Red Sea. I mean, it's all how wonderful they are. And then I would say, wow, this must be really easy for you to sell. A little gracious questioning, right? Like, no, it's really hard. How could it be? Look at how great your company is. No, this is a lot of hard work. I would say, oh, and then I end up getting a couple of clients. So I love taking those sales calls. And and it's funny, Dave, you know, I've done some talks at networking events and how to give an opening talk at a networking event. Maybe we can talk about that at another point, like a 30-second commercial or something like that. Everybody says the same things. For example, can we play a game for a second, Dave? Sure. Let's play a game. Okay. You work for let's say Xerox.
0: Okay. Okay. How are how are your products? I have, are you kidding? We are the founders of the copying business. Our products are the best. Everyone else is a cheap imitation.
1: Absolutely. And your customer service?
0: Outstanding. We have the there is we set the standard for customer service.
1: Absolutely and the quality of what you offer?
0: There is none better. We have the top greatest product. I mean, God himself could not replicate documents better than we can.
1: (laughs) Wow. But unfortunately, there's been a little um, layoffs in Xerox, but you got hired by, I don't know, let's say Sharp.
0: Sharp Sharp. Sure. Well, yeah, I'm so happy to be working for Sharp now.
1: Yeah. Because how are your products?
0: None better. We have, we, you know, just because you're not the first to market doesn't mean you're not the best. And we've been able to innovate well beyond what others have done.
1: Yeah. And and the service, customer service. Well,
0: I mean, it's outstanding. That's why, you know, that's why I joined Sharp because of their customer service. And it, I'm better able to serve my customers now.
1: Exactly. And literally... At a networking event, everybody says the same thing. You could actually, you know, I work for uh, Sal's Florist. We have great flowers. We've got great service, and our oh, our reputation second to none, right?
0: What's funny? I have a friend of mine. She's a interior designer. Mm-hmm. She's a she's a speaker as well, and she has a program for helping interior designers, you know, up level their business. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to do, I'm going to do her an injustice. Cause when I saw her speak, I actually told her afterwards, how do I become a interior designer? That's how mm. good she is. Um, but one of the things she does from the stage is she says, raise your hand if you're full serve. R- I think she starts off, raise your hand if you're unique and you do something different than all your competitors. And of course, everyone's hands goes up. She goes, keep your hand up. If you're full service, keep yep. your hand up, you know, and, and she goes through this litany of, of, Differentiators that don't differentiate.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: And that's what you're talking about.
1: Yeah. Everybody says the exact same thing. And if you want to separate yourself from the competition, then you might not want to sound like everybody else.
0: Okay. So we've talked about what what WIFM doesn't sound like. Mm-hmm. But I, I think another question is: so what's wrong with that? I mean. So I'm out there and I'm saying, okay, I've got features, I got benefits. Mm-hmm. What's the problem? Well, I know. I mean, you no, forgive I, me. For, forgive I'm me. For, i for, for, Go. Forgive me for interrupting. Uh, right. We successfully sold for decades that way. Just ask Tommy Hopkins. Right. Absolutely. It's unbelievable. <laughs> got me, got me.
1: And for our listeners that don't know what I'm talking about, Tommy Hopkins, great sales consultant, wonderful at it. And he used to say, if anyone asked him about his day, he would always say unbelievable. It could be unbelievably good, unbelievably bad. It's unbelievable.
0: Right. Tommy Hopkins never wanted a lie. Right, right. And so, you know, how many times, how's your day going? And you, and right, you want to go like, oh, you know, it's one of those bad days. Oh, crappy, right? But you don't want to say that because you don't want to be negative, right? But you don't want to lie. So his his, his answer is unbelievable. That's right. So, so so
1: here's how WIFM can get you in trouble. So I like to compare selling with dating. And so imagine, it's been a while, Dave, since you've been on a date, and we'll leave it at that. Imagine if you went on a date and the woman started out by saying, I want to let you know. I've been dating for a long time. I have a master's degree in educational leadership. I've dated some of the top um, CEOs around the country. I've got. A, if you call these folks, I've got reputation that you wouldn't believe. That probably would not serve that person well in the dating perspective, would it?
0: No, not at all. And in fact, let's 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 take this analogy, which for the record. Um, I go on dates with my wife all the time.
1: It's totally different, however.
0: I'm just saying it's, I, I That's when true. You, you know, so just saying, but uh, with other than my wife, yeah, it's been uh, 25 years since my last date. Mm-hmm. Um, so at any rate, uh, it, it's actually, you know, it's not just, oh, you know, here's, this is all about me. It's, you know, and if you date me. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. going to nag you mm-hmm. if you date me. I'm going to let you go out with the boys, mm-hmm. if you date, right? It's all about me, 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 me.
1: Yep, I'm going to let you watch sports.
0: I'm going to let you,
1: right? And I say that specifically. I'm right. going to let you watch sports.
0: Right. G- guys who are listening to this, uh, I shouldn't say just guys because actually my wife probably turns on more sports channels than I do. And and as mm-hmm. you can, as you guys know, I'm a sports fan. But or, or women who are listening to this, imagine. Imagine the other person just saying, I'm going to let you blank, blank, blank. Mm-hmm. If you're not running for the hills, we need to have another conversation. Right.
1: But, That's a different podcast.
0: Right. Right. And we're not, we're not, we're not that podcast. So um, let, let, let's switch gears before we tell people and discuss how to avoid this. Right. Right. Because this is a huge pitfall. Yes, and in fact, just just to drive the point home on sales before we shift gears to a leadership, yes, because um, there really are this, it really is the same problem. One of the things that I used to do when I answered those sales calls, and guys, if anybody listening has called me on this, uh, I don't apologize for having done this to you. I would actually um, make it an object lesson, mm. right? So. It would sound something like this. Let's role play, Darren. You'll be the really bad salesperson calling me and I'll be answering the phone. Okay. Hello, this is Dave.
1: Hi, this is Darren with Acme Incorporated, Dave. And I just want to take, um, first of all, did I catch you at a good time?
0: No, nah, not really, but go on.
1: Well, thank you so much. I think once you and I have a conversation, you will feel, fully understand why you need exactly what we have. I want to let you know, some of the companies we work with include IBM, Toyota, Darren, Honda, American Darren, Express.
0: Darren? Yes, sir. You got about 30 more seconds to keep me on this phone and then I'm hanging up. So do you give me your best stuff. Oh, thank you
1: so much. Our best stuff. We are award winning. We have won so many awards. We are gold level standard. We're A plus by the Better Business Bureau. We are amazing. Why so do
0: I care? Do Wait, one more thing. Why do uh, I care?
1: Uh, uh, just one more thing.
0: No, no. Why I, do I care? Well, if you let me finish, I'll be happy to tell you. Goodbye, Darren. Thirty seconds is up. There you go. That was that. That right there was an actual, uh, not an actual call, but a-, a simulation of many phone calls that I was on, and um, my team would actually listen on these calls, and it was like their amusement for the day. <laughs> of course, now, I had one woman. One, she worked for. Um, What's that company that gives you, you get coupons uh, through their app. Um, I, I, everybody knows what it is. Uh, you know, where, where with specials, they, they run specials and, and, you know, and she was the only one who started asking me questions mm-hmm. that piqued my interest. I had no, no desire whatsoever to use her service until yep. she started asking questions. Right.
1: She flipped the with them so you could understand what's in it for you.
0: Well, what's interesting is what she started doing, asking me about problems. Mm-hmm. And and she didn't assume I had them. Right. Right. But she just started asking me good questions about, you know, are, for example, as the moving company. So she's are all your trucks in use all the time. Mm. Well and this was in the winter time and that's when moving is in the summertime, there's just not enough capacity in the country for all the moves going on. Right. Right. So the winter time in that industry is the time to make your money. If you could keep more trucks busy than your competitors.
1: Of course. Right.
0: So she'd asked me, she asked me that question. Well, well, no, you know, we're, we're typically busy on uh, the first and last weekend of the month, but the rest of the time I usually have trucks idle. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, well, would it be worthwhile for you to have more business during those off times? Well, yeah. If I could keep guys employed in the winter time then I have more guys available to me in the summertime when there's more business than I could ever handle. And so the more, the more movers I have in the summer, the more money I can make in the summer. Oh, right. So, so my, my paradigm was, was different. And so she pursued that line of questioning. Right. So let's talk about from a leadership perspective, and I know you like to flip this to me, but I'm going to ask it to you. How does this manifest in a leadership role?
1: Well, I mean, we can look at it from a hiring perspective. Imagine if someone is hiring, let's say I'm hiring you and I talk all about my company and I talk about what we do and how we do it. What's the likelihood that you want to come work for my company when I just start bragging all about myself?
0: but don't you want to sell me on working for your company
1: well once again i think it's a relationship it's a give and take i'm into i'm interviewing you but you're also interviewing me and if i'm only talking about me can you imagine what i would be like as a as a leader with your in if you're part of my company
0: well interesting so for me first of all my, my question was sort of um calculated uh leading because if we're doing sales sales is sales and if That's i'm right. trying to sell somebody on coming to my company my approach is the same whether i'm selling you on "unquote" quote buying a a position at my company not that you're going to pay me under the table for that but right. you're going to accept my offer i'm right. actually going to pay you right. um or, or a product so i want to know what's in it i want to as a as as a candidate i want to know what's in it for me of course which means i want to i want to know you get me
1: that's right and if i just continue to talk about myself and our company and our mission and our values and i don't really think too much about you you're never going to want to work with me because you have options
0: right you know it's funny You, you remind me and i know i've told the story of uh carlos who was the gentleman um who after after uh, we stopped working together sent me a Father's Day text, and now he's owner of his own business. But I, I as a leader, it was part of my job to persuade him, disarming persuasion in a disarming manner, to get him to agree to change his comp plan. Because uh, just the the refresher of the beginning of the story, his job was uh, in sales, but he was being paid an hourly rate plus a spiff, and I, I wanted him to be a straight commission and not have to worry about overtime. Right. But, but he couldn't see it. If, if I said to him, well, it's better for the company because, you know, right now you can milk, you can, you can just milk the job. You can work overtime and I, you know, no, no justification. You've got a lot of proposals to get out. Right. So it's much better for the company if, if if you got commission because then we'd pay only for your successes and not for your failures. Right. How would that have gone over?
1: Right. It has nothing to do with him. And I know how you did it to empower him to make the decision and to go full-time sales.
0: Yeah. I mean, right. Initially, I was asking him questions about the lifestyle he wanted and what what he wanted for his kids, et cetera. And and frankly, he didn't make that connection because he didn't trust me. But a year later, after I built up a lot of goodwill, You know, he was able to make that leap, but it was his decision and he understood it was good for him.
1: Right. And you brought up a key point when we're looking at flipping this to not about me as the salesperson, me as the leader or the manager. Right. We're looking at what you said was I asked him questions about what was important to him. And I think that's the key, just like to go back to the dating scenario. You want to ask questions about your date. So your date will feel engaged. You'll get to know that person to see if it's a good fit. And they'll show that one, you, that you listen and two, that you care.
0: Yeah. But let's be careful. You don't want to get engaged on that first gate date.
1: Well, that's true. Engaging, not engaged as far as a ring.
0: Good. Just make sure we're taken. Yeah. Yeah. And, And so, and I mean, that's one example, um, A lot of times, as leaders, our job is to facilitate change. Now, we facilitate change by empowering our team members to actually create the change they need to improve the business, right? But if we don't understand what it is they need, if they think that change is going to make their life more difficult, they're not going to do it. They're not going to buy into it. Uh, I have a friend of mine, he just left a job as a plant manager for a company that makes um, nutraceuticals, um, Mm -hmm. so nutritional supplements. He's a Lean Six Sigma expert, black belt consultant, and he had started initiating uh, process improvements to increase efficiency. And he was bringing the team on board as part of those changes by that meaning facilitating and asking them what how they would improve the numbers Mm -hmm. the the ownership which was a consortium brought in a industry expert as the chief operating officer who turned around and said here's how we're going to do things i know better Mm -hmm. and never got buy-in from the rest of the team Mm -hmm. and as a result yeah things did improve incrementally and slowly but there was a limit because People weren't part of that process, right? Because people are afraid that it's going to move them, get them out of basically uh, out of out of a job.
1: Exactly, exactly. It's funny you you reminded me of a a thought that I had. So I just finished four nights of training for China and Taiwan for a very large company, and um, they've been used to doing trainings and such. But one person private messaged me and said. You know what I really like about your training? It's not just about how to sell. This is applicable and it's going to change my life. And to me, that's what I always want. I mean, I like to see people create additional income. Absolutely. I love to see people and I've got stories of people, you know, getting amazing results, but you've known me for a while. I get more excited when people say I'm a better father, I'm a better mother, I'm a better parent, I'm a better daughter or son or husband or wife or partner, right? That's what gets me excited. So he was able to touch my what's in it for me, but I was also able to touch his what's in it for him because he's like, yes, I understand the sales stuff. I understand that, but this is going to make me a better dad and a better husband. And I was just like, he's like, for the first time, I think our company gets it. We're looking at not just creating more money. And I thought that was to me a huge example of of a good within for him.
0: Yeah, and you bring up an interesting point here. It seems counterintuitive, but if you spend your time making sure you know what's in it for your prospect or your team member, mm-hmm. the payback to that is they will it will work out for you for whatever you're looking for. I know in sales, if I spend my time trying to figure out what the other person needs, what their pain points are, what their desires are. Mm -hmm. And I realize that what's in it for them isn't my product or service because it's the wrong fit. Imagine for a second if I had forced that old school sales, you know, Mm -hmm. took out the baseball bat and beat somebody in the back of the head till they said yes. Right. And now they bought that product and service. What kind of customer do I have?
1: That's right.
0: I have an unhappy one.
1: That's right.
0: Right. And... My company is going to spend a lot of time, unless we're, we're unethical and we don't care, we're going to spend a lot of time, energy, and effort trying to make them happy, but it's a bad fit. Yep. Right. And so it really is a win-win when you look out for somebody else's best interest.
1: And it's the same in leadership. Because if you're not listening, I would imagine, right, based on our conversations, if you're not looking out for your, your team member's best interest, you're going to spend a lot of time in the back end trying to convince that person to look at your best interest, or they'll have the opportunity to self-select and go somewhere
0: else. Or, and, and the statistics bear this out, you know, uh, Gallup year over year does the same poll, the Gallup organization, but mm-hmm. the same result, which is that only one out of three employees are engaged. And by engaged, we mean they're actively seeking to improve and drive the company forward and make it better. That's scary. What's even more scary is that of the two thirds, mm-hmm. right? That means two thirds are disengaged and they're going through the motions, but there is one sixth, which is 16%, one out of six of your employees statistically are actively sabotaging what they call active disengagement, actively sabotaging your efforts. Wow. This is a way to, if one six is going to be the total for the country, you're to at least make them work at your competitors. That's right. right. Get get rid of them. You know, we had Brian Rigney on uh, a month or two ago. And, you know, that's an organization, right? They don't have that. You don't have the long-term employees that he has if you don't have fully engaged employees who take ownership and pride in what they do.
1: Oh, Absolutely. That's a so, good, great story.
0: Yeah. So um, I don't want to leave our listeners with wondering like, okay, how do I do this? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we've covered gracious questioning before, which is one great technique. So so refer mm-hmm. to that podcast if you want to see how, how you could think of that. But do you have any quick tips besides gracious questioning?
1: Well, first of all is listen. And as I was reminded, doing the training in in China, um, I think, I thought it was four characters that they used to listen, but it's actually more. So when they draw, listen, they draw head, eyes, heart, ears, and I believe undivided attention. And so imagine if you listen with all that, many times it's probably not the case with any of our listeners, but many times people listen to hear what they want to hear, so they can ask the next question or say the next statement. And so, one quick tip is to listen and intently listen to what they're saying because they will speak volumes. That would be one. Um, two would be when you're listening, then you're going to ask them questions about them, like you did with Carlos, right? You ask them questions about family, about goals, about children, about opportunities and then finally when the trust was there so first of all nothing you have to do is establish trust because if you don't have any trust then that's going to go away and we actually spoke about establishing trust in another podcast especially talking about asking for help and letting them help you because then that can establish trust those are a couple of things off the top of my head what do you have dave
0: you know i've got and i'm, I'm going to keep it really tight and narrow down to one and this mm-hmm. is something I started doing when I got into sales, you know, 20 years ago. And when I do speak and, and you know, there was a, there was a, a learning curve there, right? Learn, learn to ask questions and speak, for, you know, um, rarely mm-hmm. but when you do speak, speak in a second person. What I mean by that is talk about them, right. not you. Right. If you find yourself speaking in the first person, we, I, I'm going to do this we do this, we have this, I have this. You should have warning bells. It should be like, you know, one of those movies where you're at red alert and a red siren is flashing and you're warning danger, danger, danger. You've lost them.
1: That's
0: right. Speak about them. This is how you will benefit, right? So even if you're talking about features and benefits, right? Which is really old school. And it's really features and benefits. It's not about features. It's even then it's, it's about benefits. How are they going to benefit? Right? right? So back then I was, I was selling features and benefits. I, I would talk about, okay, so we have this feature, which means this to you, right? Tie it up, connect the dots. Do not make the assumption that they're going to see that connection. Talk about how this impacts them. And if you spend your presentation time talking about how things will positively impact them, whether it's in leadership or sales, right? Because you're persuading somebody you'll gain traction because that's right. With Carlos, I kept, you know, I I would say, you know, know, right now you're, and I remember the phrase I said, this is, you are engaging in poor person thinking where you are looking at trading time for money. Mm -hmm. So in order for you to make the kind of money you're making, you have to put a lot of hours in, which means you're spending less time with your son, which is important to him. He has a great relationship with his son. Had back then, has even better today. If you switch to commission, you'll earn more money in less time because you'll be more efficient. And if you work 20 hours a week or 40 hours a week, it's not gonna matter if the sales numbers are there, which means you'll have more time to spend with your son. Right. And right. That entire conversation was about his benefit.
1: Right. I just, I just thought of something very quickly. I, did you know, Dave, a few years ago, I was the number three consulting company in San Diego
0: ranked by what standard?
1: Oh, thank you for asking. It was a San Diego business journal. Number one was rady school of business it's hard to compete with the university of california san diego school of business number two was ken blanchard company so also owned grand canyon university and i was three and i thought oh my gosh i'm number three i'm going to see so much business from being the number three consulting company in san diego do you know what i found dave
0: uh it didn't make a, a bit of difference
1: No one gave a flip. But here's what happened. Someone called me and I didn't even know I was in the I was in the list. Someone called me and said, hey, why are you number three? I said, what are you talking about? He said, I'm number 14. You're number three. Why is that? I said, I I don't know. He's like, well, do you think you're better than I am? I'm like, no, I am not. The Senegal Business Journal made a decision. And then he was so uptight over it because he thought that would be something really important to him if he could be higher than I could. And the funny thing is, I um, was at a social event and uh, Christine at the time um, introduced herself and he's like, why is he number three and I'm number 14? And she said, I don't know. And she turned to uh, her, his girlfriend or significant other and said, but you're number one in her heart. Isn't that all that matters? Which I thought was a brilliant, that's a brilliant way to say scoreboard, drop the mic, whatever you want to say. Yeah. Excuse
0: me. I, I, ha, I have a drink calling my name.
1: Exactly. So if you think about it, nobody really cares about things that we might think because people buy for their reasons, not yours. And the key, what you said is you understood what was important to Carlos, if you understand what's important to your prospects in sales. And the other thing is, if you uncover their pain, you're only solving their pain. You're not talking about anything else because you can oversell it. So when, they, when you uncover the pain, when it comes to solutions, you solve their pain. And when you're leading and you uncover their challenges, you're going to give them solutions to solve those challenges.
0: Right. And, and that is our number one job as leaders is to remove the barriers from people's success. That's right. Right. So that's their pain, their challenges. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, they will remove the barriers from their company's growth and success.
1: That's right. Absolutely. It's a great way to end it, Dave, I think.
0: All right. Another great show. Thanks, Darren.
1: Thank you, Dave. Make sure you uh, tune in and watch it and, and share it with other people. I think that uh, we're still looking for Antarctica. So if anybody is traveling to Antarctica anytime soon, we would love to have you. Um, listen to our podcast so we can say we have all continents represented, right? That's probably for our reason, not anybody else's.
0: Right. That's for nobody else's reasons, but ours. But here's something for you. If you're having a challenge in sales or leadership, right. or you have a sales or leadership story that you believe will benefit our listeners because it is impactful, reach out to us. We'd love to have you as a guest on the show and we'll see if uh, perhaps we uh, we can help you with that challenge if it's yours personally. And we certainly would love to hear your story if you have something worth sharing.
1: Beautiful, Dave. Absolutely. Until right. next time.
0: Until next time. That concludes another episode of Disarming Persuasion. My name's Dave Rosenberg. And this is Darren Cecil. Visit our websites at lockedonleadership.com or darrencecil.com. Follow us on social media. You can find the links in the show notes. Remember, if they fail to make a decision, you fail to disarm them.